At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 609th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today is Farmer Friday, a quick and dirty tidbit at growing your garden. Each episode will feature less than 10 minutes of essential content for growing your garden, and some episodes we will answer your questions. If you have one, send it to questions at urbanfarm.org. Today, we're talking with Marlene Simon with the Flower Power Garden Hour podcast about cover crops for your garden. Enjoy. Welcome, Marlene. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. I'm always excited to chat with somebody that is into gardening the way I'm into gardening. So thanks. Yes. Yes. Cover right. crops. What are they and why would I use them? All right. So a cover crop is you know, in a general term, it's basically anything that you grow to add nutrients into the soil, prevent your soil from being eroded away. Uh, it's benefiting the soil. So anything, any green material can be a cover crop if you cut it and you just let it decay on top. There's then nitrogen fixing cover crops. And I think people are more familiar with maybe hearing that that term. So a lot of the nitrogen fixing cover crops are actually in the, the legume family, Fabaceae mm -hmm. family, the pea family. Right. Not all of them are as, as good, believe it or not, beans are not great at nitrogen fixing, but your vetch, your fava beans, they're, they're great at fixing nitrogen. And what that means is, so you plant, you know, you, you take whatever crop you have out, you wanna add nitrogen. So you plant the seeds and you let it grow. Now. The idea is, is there's rhizobium, rhizobium bacteria in the soil, and it will fix to the, the roots of these, these legumes, and it will take atmospheric nitrogen and, quote, fix it into a usable source for uh. the plant. So the plant is making its own nitrogen. And then the idea is you're going to sequester that nitrogen in the plant, chop it down, and then that nitrogen is going to go back into the soil. Few mistakes or the number one mistake people make is, say you're growing fava beans. And you're letting the fava beans go to fruit and you're picking those fava beans mm -hmm. and then you're using it as a cover crop. And, you know, there's green in it, but you're not getting the maximum amount of nitrogen to get the maximum of nitrogen out of your cover crop, your nitrogen fixing cover crop. You need to cut it in the flower stage. Oh. So which can be pretty, you know, you're like, well, I want fava beans, but you're not going to get the nitrogen from it. Like lupins, cut them when they're in flower. Most people have that rhizobium in the soil. Mm -hmm. I've never inoculated. You could buy an inoculant at some some nurseries and you just coat the, the seeds in it. But, you know, to double check if you have it, grow one year and pull out the roots and you'll see nodules on oh, it. And right. these nodules should be pinkish color. 
if it's actually working. Now, don't mistake root knot nematode on your <laughs> tomatoes for it. That's totally different. This is going to be in the pea family. But yeah, I'll have nodules and they're going to be pink. And you won't need the inoculant. If you pull out a plant and you don't see that, then you should probably buy it, coat the seeds. And it's a bacteria. And, you know, it's usually, like I said, I've had it in all my soils and never had to inoculate the, um, the seeds with it. And it's a beneficial bacteria. It's a beneficial bacteria. Yes, of course. It works. It's symbiotic. It works with the plant roots and it adheres to it, swells them up. And like I said, it's just a powerhouse of, of being able to take the atmospheric nitrogen, converting it into a form plants use. When the reason for the cover crop then is there's twofold at least. First of all, it's fixing the nitrogen and, and we're either turning that in and it's not best to turn it in or chopping it down, right? Um, you could chop it down and turn it in. What other mistake people make is thinking that it's actually in the nodules. It's not. It's in the green material. Oh, very good. So if you cut the plant down and you leave the root system in there and you think that's going to give you the nitrogen, it's not. The nitrogen is the green of the plant. The greens of the plant. So yes. Yeah. You could cut it down, let it just die down, or you could turn it under, but you definitely need the green material. And they call that chop and drop, right? I, I guess. <laughs> Is that what they call it? <laughs> okay, good. That's in my world. It sounds good to me. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Especially in the desert. One of the things that I've noticed here is that when I have a cover crop growing and I grow cow peas, which is a nitrogen fixer, and uh, sweet potatoes. And one of the things that I noticed a couple of years ago in the front yard here at the urban farm was that in August, so that's the hottest time of year here in the desert, it was 140 degrees at ground level. It was 120 oh. degrees, six inches down. Underneath, wow. Yeah, exactly. Underneath the cover crops... It was 89 degrees. So just like yeah. shading one of our walls with a shade tree, mm -hmm. we're shading the ground. And that's a really important piece as well. Yeah. We know water, you know, we're going to have less evapotranspiration mm -hmm. from the water. Earthworms, earthworms are going to move up closer to yep. the surface and going to work closer to your roots. They don't want to be warm. They don't want to be up there. They're going to go pretty far down. So, and we all know the benefits of earthworms. So yeah, it's, it's a great mulch. And it's, you know, like a lot of, well, it's not all mulches. People use straw mulch and that really is helping just with the water retention. Right. But why not use a, a nitrogen fixing cover crop? And it's interesting, UC Davis, where I work, a friend of mine, actually, they just discovered a corn species that is nitrogen fixing. What? So, wow. yeah. So they don't actually have to, basically the corn makes its own nitrogen. So they don't have to add any nitrogen to it. And, you know, of course, once scientists start, you know, zeroing in on these, these groups and these cultures that have these plants, luckily they're putting into place something that's going to benefit, you know, the groups that are growing the, this corn. But yeah, you could see on the, the prop roots, this mucilage, and that's where they think the nitrogen fixing is happening. Wow. So it's, it's very interesting. I don't know all the ins and outs of it. All I just know is that now there's a corn that nitrogen fixes. So we're <laughs> used to just hearing the pea family and vetch. But yeah, so wow. it's, I thought that was pretty interesting. So grow cover crops to add nitrogen, add greens, add life to your soil and to shade it. Exactly. Yes. Awesome. Well, Got thank, it. You. thank you so <laughs> much for joining us today. Tell us about your podcast, The Flower Power Garden Hour and where we can find it. 
All right. It's on all podcast platforms, Apple, Stitcher, Google, uh, my YouTube, which is Marlene, the plant lady. I like, well, like you, I like talking about gardening. I like learning about gardening. So I really, I, I try to get interesting guests on that I could learn from like you. I also do a question and answer once a month and your monthly to-do list for my zone. Oh, you know, I tell people gardening, right. gardening is pretty specific to your, where you're at. So, um, but of course it carries across, yeah. but I just love gardening and it covers all aspects of gardening, indoor plants, vegetables, flowers, the pests and the good bugs that go with them. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the urban farm podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.